0: Hello everyone, and welcome to End of the Line. I'm Jim Anderton, Multimedia Content Director at engineering.com. On today's episode, is a steel rule better than a vernier caliper? Either in engineering design office or on the shop floor, you probably own one of these, a vernier caliper. Now it's a bit of a misnomer these days since most of them are digital, but when I started most engineering professionals used either a dial type like this or a true vernier caliper. Now digitals were around, but they were expensive and they were usually found with quality assurance where those dudes took measurements by the hundreds every day. Regardless of the type you use, I see these misused probably more than any other measuring instrument in engineering. Now the problem cuts two ways. The first is the myth of accuracy and precision. Now I say the myth because a good vernier caliper from a reputable manufacturer, well it's both accurate and repeatable, but many engineering professionals overestimate the capability of this instrument. Digital types really magnify this problem. Verniers are not micrometers, but the old adage of going plus or minus half the last digit, well that's an artifact of the kind of rounding that engineers do when they use a calculator. Now you might be able to achieve plus or minus a thousandth, speaking imperial measurements here, but with no thimble and just your finely calibrated thumb, unless you're measuring optically flat ground and lapped parts like Joe blocks, that kind of true accuracy is highly unlikely. And precision Well, that's out of the question, with no consistent way to calibrate the clamping force you're applying to the part. The other problem with vernier caliper use in manufacturing is in the part or attribute being measured. I still see rubbers and elastomeric parts measured with these things, as well as out-of-square rectangular parts and out-of-round cylindrical parts that make the use of even spring calipers pointless. I know you're thinking, sometimes I just need to know if it's out of round, and just two measurements 90 degrees apart, well that'll tell me that. Now that's true, and it's also a lot faster than clocking it up with a dial indicator, but if you really stop and think of it, you've just used a precision measuring instrument as a go-no-go gauge. The only information you've really derived is that the part is undesirable, and usually that's not enough. It's really not enough if that red flag measurement you've just taken is actually just a scatter point within the variability built into the caliper's intrinsic limits, and the limits of your fat thumb. But the real problem in using this tool when you shouldn't is that it implies a standard of accuracy and repeatability and gives authority to measurements where frequently they're just not warranted. A die casting, a small stamping or forging, or many small assemblies as well, well they should properly be measured with this, a steel rule. Now that's counterintuitive because this device is at least an order of magnitude less accurate than a vernier caliper. But that's the point. If your part has 20 thou variation just from thermal expansion, or casting flash, or plating residue, or mill scale, then quoting a dimension to a 64th or a 32nd not only quotes a dimension, but it sends a message about the kind of dimensional stability that your manufacturing process can hold. Toolmakers often call out rookie design engineers for demanding tolerances that can't be achieved in the real world. Part of the reason they do this is because they're used to carrying one of these things around like a St. Christopher medal, and they use it everywhere, even where they shouldn't. Over the years, I've met a few who shouldn't use these things for anything more than stirring their coffee, and I know I used to be one of them. The right tool for the measuring job sometimes, well, it's just the simplest. Thanks for listening to today's episode of End of the Line. Tune in again next time.